What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Thermo Diet Podcast. My name's Christopher Walker, and I'm here with Little Penzone. How's it going? Good, good. Today we're uh, gonna do, you know, a little uh, di- different than talking about like the the diet or uh, that sort of thing, but equally as important is the mindset. So uh, we hit up the uh, Thermo Diet community group on Facebook to see what people needed help with on their uh, their mental game. And uh, we get some good submissions from people. So what we're going to do is just go through them and um, answer them. You know, give our two cents on it. Hmm. Hopefully help you guys out. Also, if you're not in the group, you know, go get in the group. It's an awesome group. Just look for it on Facebook. Look for Thermodiet Community. You'll find it. Heck yeah. So uh, first one we got here, how do you stop letting minor health issues affect you psychologically in everyday life? For instance, this guy's working on his thyroid issues, and he noticed that he gets a bit flushed at times uh, and exerted um, and has issues with the circulation and stuff whenever he notices that he stresses out excessively mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, so, he, uh, but I, yeah, and I think he also was mentioning, like, he's a, a bit, like, self-conscious of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe if your skin gets kind of flushed and then you have, like, a social, um, you're like, obviously you're going to be more conscious of it than anyone else. Um, but you know, you might in a social situation be a little self-conscious cause you're like, well, my, you know, my, my face is a bit flushed or I have a rash or something like that. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think first off? Mm, I know where he's coming from because whenever I had trouble with thyroid issues specifically, my hands would get really dry and like in between my fingers would crack a little bit. So I know where he's coming from. Um, I don't know that for me, that's a difficult one. I think it, it's got to start off with the, first of all, like, why are you caring what these people think? You Mm -hmm. know, um, do they actually hold any weight in your life for their judgment to actually make any, any purpose? You know, does it have a purpose, you know? And then, uh, I'd say if it's in a certain spot, like, you know, for instance, if you're with family or something and they happen to notice it, I think it, I mean, just be truthful with them, you know, just let them know what's going on. And yeah, I wonder what, like, what do you think is the root issue of this self-consciousness? Because that's probably the big thing. It might just be what you just said. Like if you, that's probably most people's issue in general, in like social, not even in social situations, even in their own head. Um, a lot of, I've noticed like a lot of people just make decisions about their life in general based on what they think other people will think about it. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not an easy thing cause we're social creatures. So naturally that's going to happen to us. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, it's not an easy thing to defeat that sort of, uh, influence over your, over your mind. But if you're the more conscious you are of it, and uh, the easier it is to to question it right so probably it's probably a matter of like really starting to examine things one thing i've noticed if if i ever have any if i have like bad habits or bad thinking patterns or whatever um that that i mean i guess it's mindfulness would be the word i feel like that word's overused though so i don't like it but um just the idea of like checking yourself as often as possible like you got to bring um the subconscious and make it conscious and figure out <clears throat> on that specific issue whether it, which it sounds like in this case it's just a matter of 
it's not really the health issue itself. It's just like this, this, uh, he's on the road back to like improving his health, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like who, who in your life wouldn't be supportive of that? Right. Yeah. Um, so it's more a matter of probably just this, like thinking about wor- like worrying about what people think about the way you look or something like that. Um, that you gotta just, every time it happens, just like check yourself, think about it for a second. Why do I care what they think? Even the most important people in your life, like you probably really shouldn't care that much about what they, th- what you, th- what they think. Like you should, you know, listen to them if they have uh, maybe some input, you know, in some way, but you could actively reject any thought that comes from someone else. And it's just more a matter of like being aware of that thought that it's not your own Mm -hmm. you can reject it you can accept it if you want yeah i also think that we're hyper aware of our own issues Mm -hmm. and stuff like that honestly probably 100 percent of the time nobody's noticing it or they really don't care you know and i think as individuals we think that people care way more than they actually do because they're thinking about themselves they're not really thinking about you you know this is one of the secrets to life that I've realized in the last couple of years is that is, is like, um, nobody's paying attention to anybody else. They're just paying attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. So when you realize that, and then you kind of notice it, you start to notice it a lot. And then you're like, well, you know, I can kind of just do my own thing and, you know, not really worry about what everyone else thinks because they aren't thinking about me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about me. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Cause this only, two eyes I got, you know, this is the world, the lens I see the world through. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with everyone else, but no one's really paying much attention to you. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry about it. You're not that big of a deal. None of us are. And I used to have a bad habit of being like, if I noticed something like, um, pointing it out to somebody. And then whenever I pointed it out, they'd be like, Oh, I didn't even notice. Like every single time I'd talk to somebody. Like what, like uh, what type of thing would you point mm-hmm. out? Like if I had a bad haircut or something, if I had a haircut that got messed up yeah. and say like they, they buzzed it too short kind or like, like I had a bald spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I had like a bald spot or something like, uh, whenever I got a hair analysis uh, a while back, one of our coworkers took a giant chunk of hair off the top of my head. Oh, they took it off the top? Yeah. Oh, like right back here. It was oh, pretty, right in the, yeah, it was pretty right rough. I had to wear, spot. I had to wear a hat for a little while, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but nobody ever noticed it. Like nobody ever said anything until, no, I it. yeah, until I pointed it out, and then it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but. exactly. Yeah. So that's probably the takeaway here is like, if you're struggling with this like self consciousness over something, especially in this case, I mean, he's doing all the right stuff, and he's and he's like actively trying to improve himself, um, but he's very aware of maybe his skin gets flushed now and then and whatever. Most people don't notice it unless they're like really close to you. And then in that case, who cares? You know, they should be supportive of it, right? Mm-hmm. Why would they be like, hey, you got a rash on your face. Um, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm improving my thyroid. And you know, it's just kind of this healing process. And when you're flush, you know, cl- cleaning out your liver, sometimes you have skin issues because it starts to like resurface stuff back in your bloodstream and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you told somebody that was close, like, you know, maybe your, your wife or your girlfriend or, um, your, anyone in your family or whatever, your close friends, like 
if they heard that, they'd be like, oh, cool. You know, that's, that's fine. Like, what would, what's the worst thing someone's going to say to this? Yeah. Be like, oh, you're such a loser. Yeah. You know, no, no one's going to say shit like that. And even if they do, then they're not cool. And like, why are you hanging out with them? So mm-hmm. it's pretty uh, straightforward here. And it's, it's more a matter of um, probably just, like I said, like bringing this stuff conscious up to the surface and like really thinking about it for a second. Like, mm-hmm. does this matter to like, should I care about what they think? Because if I do, then it's causing me extra stress for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's just pointless. Yeah. One thing that I notice is that people tend to project their own insecurities on other people too. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll notice myself whenever I make a judgment about somebody, I'll be like, okay, what insecurity am I trying to project onto this person? Mm-hmm. And then I'll turn around and look at myself and you know, I've gotten over like quite a different, quite a few different insecurities just because of that, you know, because it becomes conscious through your like, uh, more productive thinking pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're making it conscious on your own. Yeah. Um, and that's probably a good idea. That's, that's great. Like if, cause yeah, we tend to, with the subconscious stuff, we tend to like use that and project it outward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you are using that sort of thinking, that's a good way to surface this stuff. It's like a very useful way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, th- one interesting thing that I kind of came across uh, in the last six months was like the idea of subliminal and lim- liminal thinking. Mm-hmm. And that this is kind of what it is, right? So everyone knows the word subliminal, but people don't often use the word liminal, right? Liminal is basically this act like liminal thinking uh is what this is where you pull up something and challenge like why why am i thinking this way why am i acting this way like some sort of habit pattern and you take the liminal like it's almost like this question if you can reduce it down to that and be like is it really that or is it really this important or whatever like say say you're in this habit pattern of of uh being self-conscious about the way you look around other people, for example. There's there's like layers in that where maybe, uh, I don't know, it just makes you feel, I don't know, this, this one's a lot. How about a, a specific example could be like, you are doing something, like say you're, you are drinking because it makes you feel relaxed, mm-hmm. right? the um liminal thought there is like resurfacing that idea like does it really make me feel relaxed does it really like make my body relax mm-hmm. uh when you examine facts there it doesn't because it's it's gonna naturally like if you drink an, you know more than like three drinks it's gonna start to have an effect on the liver um and then it's gonna increase cortisol and so forth. So you're not really relaxing if you're increasing your cortisol. Mm-hmm. So then you, you now you have like a more of a logical, rational argument in your own brain that you came up with mm-hmm. that you're like, well, I'm, I can now challenge that idea that was just almost automatic before. Like having a couple of drinks makes me relaxed. It doesn't really relax me. So there, and if you do that enough times and like have that sort of a, a thinking framework, then you can pull up a lot of these, these things that, people subliminally let influence them and then you you surface it and you make a decision for yourself of whether or not that thing is true and that that's liminal thinking that's like a uh thinking framework Mm -hmm. i think it's really useful for people like if you if you're having trouble and you realize you're having trouble with a certain area 
like, you know, social self-consciousness or something like that, then try to look for like, what are these emotions or these automatic thoughts that are hitting my head in this situation? And then question them. Like even take, take a note on your phone. Like every time you are in this sort of situation and feel that way and try to unpack, like, what are these emotions that I'm feeling or like this, this auto thought. And then can I, you can have a little list and maybe with the social situation or whatever, like it's a, um, it was like three things that you just keep thinking, find out what they are, stick them on a list and then go one by one and like rationally analyze it and see if it's worth thinking about anymore after that. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that is worth thinking about, I think always looking into uh, the reference point of what you're measuring that thing up against is always something that you want to mm -hmm. think about too, just to make sure that that what you're actually measuring something up against is actually worth measuring it up against, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. And it's like we've talked about before is like the, without the reference point there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can actively choose whether there even is a reference point that matters. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're like, well, I'm measuring it up against this thing. Does that thing really matter? No. Boom. Nothing matters in that situation anymore. Yeah. Because you just got rid of the reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one example of this that I saw recently was, uh, so before Metallica got big, right before they recorded their first record, they had this guitar player. I think his name was like, um, Dave Mason or something like that. And they kicked him out of the band right before they recorded their first record and brought in a new guitar player. Well, this guy, um, made it his mission to become more famous than this band that he just got kicked out of. And so he worked relentlessly, sold like 25 million albums, um, was really like successful from anybody's perspective, but he actually had uh, an interview and he said that he still felt like a failure because uh, Metallica went on to sell like 180 yeah. million albums versus wow. his 25 million. And he had hundreds of thousands of raising fans, but he was still miserable because he never, his reference point for success was extremely, extremely high. Interesting. I didn't know that story. Mm -hmm. That's a good story. That perfectly illustrates this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't even know who that guy is, which is interesting. I wonder if, uh, how much influence his own brain, like, uh, had over that, the fact that like, it, I don't I'm assuming he's a metal guitarist or something. Uh, yeah, it was a metal band. Yeah. I think what band what Megadeth. Band? Oh, Megadeth. Okay. Okay. I thought yeah. you were, I thought he was like some virtuoso like guitar. No, player. no. Oh uh, yeah. So Megadeth's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. So they're huge. Um, but they definitely aren't as big as Metallica. Right. So that's interesting. Um, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened with, uh, the Beatles originally. So they had, um, their drummer. So they never, so Ringo was actually their second drummer. Uh, their original drummer got kicked out before they recorded their first album. Um, and he, uh, so he actually went down the rabbit hole, became like an alcoholic and nearly killed himself at one point. And then, uh, Oh, that would suck watching the, the Beatles. Like if, yeah. if you, oh man. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> He's uh, like, oh, I was in that band. Shit. But what's interesting comparing him to, um, I think his name was Dave Maston. Um, 
comparing that drummer to him, that drummer actually became more happy and he felt successful because he had a wife, he had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he stopped he, measuring himself against Yeah, he them. stopped measuring yeah. himself up against them um, and was really happy in the long run. So it's kind of interesting. Best way to get back on track when you're in a funk. All right, back on track in a funk. Let's see. Um, I'd say for me, the biggest thing is to realize that, you know, every journey is going to have a rock in the road. You know, you're going to hit a couple bumps, but, uh, I mean, that's why it's called a journey and not a destination. And so like along that journey, there will be mistakes or you will get in times to where you're not as motivated, you're not as disciplined, but you can still come back to it and enjoy the process, I think is the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the problem with that is just like a, um, it's almost like the initial belief is wrong, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. Like the idea of the funk is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying like, because you're not, because you've experienced motivation, you proverbially, whoever, you know, oh, I think Jake's asking this, like also just anybody who feels this, right? Um, you are thinking that because you've had these periods where you're like highly motivated, like charging forward on top of your shit, get your habits all are all awesome. Uh, I think it's a false belief to, to think that you are always supposed to be that way. And that's the issue. And mm-hmm. that's where the idea of the funk comes in. It's like, oh man, you know, I haven't hit the gym in a while. I'm feeling kind of bad. You know, maybe I'm eat. I'm not eating great. Uh, my, uh, you know, I haven't been as motivated lately in my career or whatever. <clears throat> I honestly, I think I've observed it like a million times now. Just like these waves, life has like they're just waves in general. It's like this oscillating effect. You're not a rocket ship charging straight at the moon, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just this, and even a rocket ship runs out of fuel. Mm-hmm. So the oscillating thing is interesting just even in a more, like as we're talking about, even in a more like universal sense, cause like everything is vibrating at some level and vibration is naturally an oscillating movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's almost like this parallel, I like making parallel uh, observations, but it's like this parallel between your mind or in your life and, and just the nature of how things work, how things are, um, just the nature of energy in general, it oscillates, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So I would I wouldn't expect yourself to have like a that's the moral of the story. I wouldn't expect yourself to have this this like straight line that you're supposed to go on. Um, and I've actually found a lot of benefit in my own life, uh, like over the years, especially you know building the company and so forth. It, there can be there's just these periods where like you get a ton done, you're just, like on top of your shit, and then there's other periods where you're just tired and you just don't feel like doing something or whatever. I think a lot of the conventional wisdom out there of like the advice columnists and motivational speakers and stuff is, is all about, I think it's a lot of it's just wrong because it's like convincing people to, that they have to always be on this like a game thing. And, um, I, I've found personally in my own life, like if I, and it's taken a long time to, to like acknowledge this, but the idea of, um, 
you know, if I don't feel like doing something, I'm just tired and whatever, just to take the day or even a couple days during that period and just be like, I'm fine with this. Like, this is how it is right now. I'm just going to let myself relax. And usually if you relax a bit and you stop drilling into your own head that like you're a failure now because you're in this funk or whatever, um, you stop acting that way and thinking that way, then you end up like getting really relaxed and refreshed. And then you come back strong again, mm -hmm. way faster than if you keep telling yourself you're in a funk. Cause it's all back to your head. Like it's all in your mind and you're the one making this issue. And it's not an issue if it, if you don't choose for it to be one. Mm -hmm. I think for me, first of all, the more stream, streamlined I have certain things, the more processes I have in place to make things as easy and as seamless as possible. Um, the less I tend to get off track, so to speak, or uh, the less that it affects me anyways. But I also think that, you know, you're going to struggle in certain areas, but then you can excel in other areas. So say like you're not really feeling the diet and exercise, but, you know, you've been reading books and knocking out four books a week or something like that, you know, um, that tends to happen to me. Like I'll go extreme on one thing and tend to neglect a little other things. Mm -hmm. I love going extreme on shit. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's awesome. I found like all the most, the biggest spurts in progress in my life is all have all come out of like, extreme time periods of obsession mm -hmm. and yeah. imbalance yeah um that uh, it's, it's important I, and i think that also with the idea of a funk is also interesting because I, I think most people believe in this like they create this ideal scenario in their head that's like this utopian vision of what their their day should look like i almost think you should leave a little chaos in your in your life you know leave some chaos in your day leave some flexibility everywhere um, I don't know, I've personally been way happier when I don't regiment a lot. Mm -hmm. Like if I feel like going to the gym in the afternoon, I'll do that. If I feel like waking up at four in the morning, and go to the gym, then I'll do that. Like whatever, who cares? Just, just do your things, like reduce it down to these couple goals that you have and, and make it simple on yourself instead of having, you know, there's a lot of people that, that like to just regiment every hour of their day. They have it all. Like if I don't hit this, I'm a failure. Like, blah, blah, blah. This is the perfect day according to so-and-so some random person. And again, back to the, even the reference point thing, like so much information online and in books and like all these motivational dudes and whatever, who the hell are these people mm -hmm. that you're listening to them? Like screw them, do your own thing. Yeah. Do get, define what you want and just do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another issue is people don't even define what they want. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. They just think like, Oh, again, back to other people's thoughts. They're just like, Oh yeah, that person's successful. I gotta just do that. Um, no, just do your own thing. Everyone's different. Everyone's got their own different issues or different life, different goals. Figure out what your actual, your goals are and do them. Yeah. And then a lot of times whenever they do have it defined, then they take too much uh, outside energy that knocks them off of their path. In a lot of cases too, they tend to think too much about what people are going to think, you know, well, and for a lot of people, it's family. Like a lot, for a lot of people, it's, uh, you know, they they hold too much weight to what their family says um yeah which is hard that's hard to if you don't have a supportive family mm -hmm. that's definitely you know probably the most difficult situation that people could be in definitely just because you're that's it's your family that's yeah. you're born into that situation and that's all you like as as a an infant that's who you have been around and that's who you love and care about so that makes sense 
but still it's your life. It's not theirs. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But we move on to the next one. Sure. The moral of that story is stop thinking that you're in a funk. Yeah. And then you won't be in one. It's pretty easy. Let's see. Is there a sup for motivation? Sup for motivation. Uh, I mean, there's probably, there's definitely supplements that can like make you feel better and, um, you know, even something like Mucuna increasing dopamine levels in the brain, like that can help. However, <clears throat> motivation I think is a way bigger issue than just taking a supplement. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I've got my own thoughts about it. what do you, what do you think? I, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of a hard ass. Like for yesterday, for instance, you know, um, I, I got home from work. I grabbed a snack. I went downstairs and sat on my couch and I was like, man, I don't want to go to the gym. And then, uh, I muscled up my, my discipline and got out the door. You know, yeah. in a lot of cases, that's just what it takes. Motivations, uh, short lived in my, in my experience. Yeah. Motivations like, uh, it's probably a little nuanced here. So discipline, what you said is discipline is more important than motivation, which I totally agree with. And I've said that before too. Like just teach, you know, when people come to you for motivation, like, Hey, I'm not motivated in life and blah, blah, blah. It's like, just, just like, again, back, figure out your goals, be disciplined in pursuing them. Mm -hmm. You're not always going to feel good in Life's not about feeling good. That's one of the biggest lies. I also don't even think life's about being happy, like as a as a general concept. Mm -hmm. um, the but yeah, the discipline's gonna get you out the door every yeah. time, and mm -hmm. and that's cool. Um, I also think there's like different types of motivation. There's like this inner motivation that comes with. Um, well, when most people say motivate motivation, they need motivation or whatever. It's like they're looking for it from somewhere else, right? Yeah. So that's the issue. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, I need to listen to you know Gary V like yell at me, and then I'll feel motivated, or Tony Robbins or something. Like they have good advice. Don't get me wrong, but that they're uh, someone else, right? So I think the bigger systemic issue is that when people lose their motivation or they don't even have it in the first place or whatever, they're just not doing anything important in their life and they need to do something important. Mm -hmm. That's it. When you start doing something important, you're motivated. You're like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm significant now. I'm doing something important. I'm contributing to something that's helping a bunch of people or, or um, you know, making some impact in some way. And it's easy to be motivated when you start to do that. But if you're just like living like a drone or something, you know, it's not, it's a little harder. I understand that, like, why, how can you be motivated if you have nothing important to do yeah have you read mark manson's book the subtle art of not giving a fuck no so he actually talks about this really well in that book and um one of the things that he talks about is we're all suffering and we all have problems we just got to pick what type of suffering we want to suffer through and whenever we do solve problems it just opens the doorway to bigger problems you know yeah in a lot of cases <clears throat> exactly Life's about solving problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if you start looking at it that way, it's actually becomes less stressful, mm -hmm. becomes more fun and challenging, even in the stressful times. Right. Because it's supposed to be stress. Like it's supposed to be you stress, mm -hmm. essentially like this productive stress. Yeah. And then like once you move up to those bigger problems, the problems that you were struggling with that you've overcame look minuscule compared to what you're 
dealing mm-hmm. with now. Yeah. And then you look, but then you also like, if you're on that sort of path, you look at other people who aren't, and you're just like, whoa, uh, you feel like you can't even be around them anymore. I do. Yeah. I'm like, well, geez, yeah. like you're dealing with the same problems for 20 years. Like, what, <laughs> what's your problem? Yeah. You know, get over it. Mm-hmm. Just lean into it for a second. And you can solve it. It takes like, little effort and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go, yeah, you have more problems and they, they become bigger and the other ones become smaller. And then when the other ones show up again, it's you're just like, whatever, you know, I can deal with this easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. That again, it all comes back to the mind and like, what are these assumptions people make about life mm-hmm. and how they're not serving the, you know, making them better in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just trapping you in some sort of like unproductive cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of this is just coming. I'm seeing some recurring patterns here. Like, you got to surface what do you assume is real and can you challenge whether that actually is real or not mm-hmm. and important and are you what are you referencing up against and is that actually important um that's really what these are all coming down to yeah for sure let's see what our next question is mm. so i noticed that i play the victim role sometimes for stupid things what's a good way to get over this you had an example, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. So, for example, I get poor sleep one night, feel sluggish for the day. I'll blame my girlfriend for waking me up or moving throughout the night when I know that it's actually not true. So it's like, yeah, like knowing that he's being a victim. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I think that's the first step is being aware yeah. that you actually have a victim mindset. Yeah, that's good. It's good you know. Yeah. Because, again, it's like the surfacing thing right mm-hmm. now. You know, you're surfacing it. I don't know if this is recent for him or not. You know, if he's been acting like this for a really long time or just figuring out that this is his problem, not hers. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, uh, I always just review my, like how I'm thinking about it and then why am I pushing the responsibility off onto someone else instead of myself? You know, why is it their fault that this is happening instead of mine, you know, and why am I blaming them? Mm-hmm. And 100% of the time I'm just projecting it on them because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you're in this situation where you like, you know, you're playing a victim, what do you think? Yeah. It, it's just, it's all in your head. There's no like trick to this. It's just, you know, so stop acting like it. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. Yeah. That's all it comes down to. There's no like, you know, step, however many step plan and whatever to, to do this other than making your own choice to stop. And it's, it's good that it's like conscious for him um, because most people, it's a lot more difficult when like, it's way more difficult when it's unconscious. Mm-hmm. Like they just act that way. We mm-hmm. all know people like that. Most people act like that. You walk outside right now and find a dozen people that, you know, just feel like this victim in life. They feel like everyone's out to get them and that they're, they got dealt some hand of cards that is like worse than everyone else's. And again, everyone has issues. Everyone's born into different situations. And like, there's plenty of stories of people that are born into way worse situations than you who are way more successful than you because they chose to be. So um, that that's really all this comes down to the, the 
victim mindset is is like an unproductive mindset. Mm-hmm. The creator and the like conqueror mindset is just far more productive and all it takes is a choice in your own head just to be one or the other. Yeah. And realize that it's your responsibility. Like you have to own it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yours. No one else can do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah. That, I mean, one, one exercise that I've been doing over the last couple of years and, you know, even I fall into this pattern sometimes of it, it's just like the bigger your problems get as you kind of climb through life and like solve smaller problems, you get to bigger ones that are new. And, um, in those new situations, it's easy to, to fa- fall into like, a because uh, it's so it's fresh and you haven't been there before. It's like, you can feel like a victim in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy. Uh, but in, in these new situations, one thing that I've started doing is, especially most of it, this in my mind is just a lot of like business situation because as the business grows, like the problems get different. Mm-hmm. Um, they become, they kind of stair step into these new levels, right? And they become something that like, if, if I was me a couple of years ago, I would be like, holy shit, I, I'm freaking out right now, mm-hmm. right? But now I'm not because I'm ready to deal with those problems. And then the exercise that I like to do is, is uh, if there's just like a ton of stuff piling up at the same time, especially it's like, how can I take responsibility for every single thing? Mm-hmm. Like, can I feel like I have responsibility for all of these other, other people and their problems too? Can I like load on all this responsibility onto myself? And if you start doing that, it's interesting because like everything seems to get solved. Yeah. Um, it takes work and it's stressful uh, acutely, but it's like, it just fleshes itself out. And because you're the one taking charge of it, you're like, okay, I'm going to deal with this. It's all my fault. It's all my responsibility to solve it. So therefore I'm going to do it. Because if you, you get, you start getting disappointed if, if you leave responsibility to other people and you're like, man, I like that person was responsible for this and they didn't do it. Now I'm disappointed. And now I'm stressed out about that. It's like, well, if, if I would have just been like, I'm responsible for this ultimately, even though maybe they should be, but if this is my deal, I'm going to deal with it. Um, then it's your fault. So you can solve it. Yeah. Uh, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink talks about that thoroughly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you still haven't read that book, you should definitely. I started, I just, I didn't, yeah. He, uh, he talks about that pretty well. He looks at everything from the aspect of uh, military, though, since mm-hmm. he's a Navy SEAL. So, yeah. But well, there's a lot of good leadership um, lessons from the military. Oh yeah. I mean, they. It's. Uh, yeah, like, uh, both my parents are military, or they they were like my mom's in the Navy, my dad's in, in the Marines. He's retired now, but he always has something like, some reference to some, good leadership situation that, he was in, in the military, and I was like it's it's always relevant to business as well which is it's good and it's it's really impressive like in the military how they structure things a lot of the time and i'm sure that like i know there are a lot of inefficiencies in the military as well like any large organization but there are a lot of like really smart designs of of structure of like the way things happen the like uh the way an operation takes place it's just really intelligent, the, on a, even on a psychological level, um, where they leave a lot of, in combat situations, they'll leave a lot up to that individual. Because mm-hmm. you can't micromanage 
in a combat situation from from the top right right so they they have these like really interesting psychological frameworks that they use for for operations that leave individual responsibility up to the right people mm -hmm. um, in that scenario all the way down the down the line in terms of the hierarchy but everyone has like the right responsibility assigned to them so that they can make their best de decision in a high pressure situation and it's just really smart yeah and I think the base of that is the conditioning of the mass movement mindset, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy just because, like, it started with the United States, you know, wanting to take pretty much take over most of the world. Um, and then from there, like, they had to figure out these psychological, psychological things to basically build their empire, you know, and get people conditioned into supporting that empire, mm -hmm. you know. But. the mechanics of the mind mm -hmm. it all works it's, it's all like mechanical and structural it's just a matter of un can you understand the mechanics mm -hmm. that's the hard part yeah because it's like complicated definitely um, very complicated yeah but in these scenarios that we're talking about today this is really not so complicated um there's nothing mysterious or magical about solving your mindset issues it's more a matter of surfacing assumptions challenging them rejecting them or accepting them and taking responsibility for your own life and understanding that your whole experience in life it all comes down to your mind not someone else's yeah and you don't uh, like another thing is like you don't need a, a lot of people have all these people in their lives that they don't need in their lives mm -hmm. that's a big one yeah. that was that was a really big one for me is like actually realizing like prioritizing, first of all, my time, because time is the only currency that you can't get back. And so like, do I actually want to spend the time that I have on this earth with this person, you know, and is this going to be progressive or is it going to be holding me back? You know, that, that was a really big one that I had to deal with was cutting certain people out. Yeah, there's this like shame tactic that everyone seems to use where it's like, uh, you've changed. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why haven't you changed? You're the same person you were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's a problem in my mind. I've definitely changed, you know? Yeah. I try to change all yeah. the time. I uh, honestly, like, even back from high school, I look at that person, I'm like, dang, I don't even recognize that guy anymore, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, you want to look back at yourself and be like, dude, I was a moron. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you don't want to look back and be like, man, I've been so smart since I was in high school. You know, I'm the, I'm the shit. And now you're like 40 and you're still living in the same town. Like just still, you didn't do anything with your life where, which not nothing wrong with living in the same town, but um, I'm just thinking back to some guys I went to high school with, right? And, but they, in their mind, all of them, every single person who's like, thinks they're hot shit, always has a victim mindset. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm so great. The reason I'm not, I don't have a better life. And the reason I'm unhappy is because someone else did something to me or all these people do something to me. And it's, it's all their fault. I, yeah. That's probably a key to this whole thing is stop thinking you're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if you look back every six months, you're like, damn, I was a fucking idiot before. Um, that's good. That's, I think that all the time. Like, look back, I'm like, gosh, can't believe I did that. Mm -hmm. But 
That's good. Yeah. Cause you stay a little more humble about things and you're willing to learn and you're willing to change. And you yeah. have that constant t- desire to continue to improve Yeah. rather than think that you've already arrived. Yeah. Which is, I think that's where uh, back to happiness thing. I don't think life's about being happy. Not in the sense that a lot of people define it. No one even defines happy. So why would I even say it? Yeah. No one defines what happy is. Therefore it's like this, this nebulous thing and you can't hit a target that doesn't exist. So in my mind, when I feel that emotion of like, I'm happy, mm-hmm. it's just when I'm growing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So I could be in a, a worse situation than I was before or a better one. And I still feel good about it, mm-hmm. about my progress. Cause I'm like, I'm, you know, I made mistakes. I'm making progress. I'm, I made, good decisions, I'm making progress. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know? And I hope I do that till I'm dead. Um, instead of like, even the idea of retiring, I think is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like these, these, it's like a goal that people set out there. And at that point I can stop. Like, why would you stop? Then you're going to just, you're going to die. Cause you got nothing to do and you're not important. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. keep going, do stuff. Yeah. Be important e- either on a large scale or a small scale, but like keep growing in some way and you'll, you'll be way, you know, happier. Yeah. Commitment. I have commitment issues whenever it comes to food, if that makes sense. I know my macros and how much I should eat, but not how much I want to eat. I struggle to commit to a calorie plan. I think you should come back to your goal and why you actually have that goal. And do you actually want that goal? Like, is that actually something that you want? Um, And if you want multiple goals, prioritize them. Which one do you want to accomplish first? Which one can you push off to accomplish later? Um, I'd say that those are my biggest tips with that. Yeah, that's probably the root of a commitment issue in general is that you don't actually want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so trying to think of my own life the stuff that I'm really committed to is it like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I'd yeah, whatever. Yeah. So maybe with in the food scenario, um, find a better goal. Like a lot of people do, they just believe also that like you have to like, uh, scrupulously track all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot. <laughs> if it's something that you're naturally inclined to do slash like committed to naturally, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of people who just are more analytical and like, just really like to have that structure in their life because maybe elsewhere they don't have a lot of structure. They just want to have like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to monitor this. I'm really devoted to this. Uh, and that also back to the waves, it can come and go in waves. Like maybe at a certain point you're really into that. Maybe you're not later. You're not a failure if you, change your mind about it or your feeling about it. Um, I think in this scenario, it sounds like he's probably more going to be more successful. He or she, whoever, uh, be more successful on their food goals, like defining a real, like, why am I doing this? What are my, say, I don't, I don't know the situation, but say it's like, I want to lose body fat. That's probably what the situation is. Mm -hmm. Counting calories, right? Um, I want to lose body fat and just be leaner and feel better, feel more energy. So 
one way to do it is just to define, go a little deeper than just like a vanity thing and be like, okay, how do I want to do this? What, what lifestyle do I want to have to be able to do this? Okay, I want to, I don't want to count calories. Mm-hmm. I don't want to count macros. And I just want to be kind of relaxed about it and intuitive and enjoy what I'm doing. And then it's like, okay, those are your actual goals. That's what you can be committed to. You mm-hmm. can be like, I just, I want to do this in an enjoyable way. And you're like, okay, if I'm do this enjoyably, then that means in my case, I'm like, I'm not going to track it because mm-hmm. that's stressful. So, um, for, for me, because that's not what I think is, you know, right or not, not right, but for, for my lifestyle right now. Okay. Therefore you need to know, like, okay, uh, you need to understand the basics of an energy deficit, right? So there, you're going to not want to eat a lot mm-hmm. and just intuitively find um, the, the pattern that starts working mm-hmm. and then just stick it to that pattern. It's, uh, this, this is what I do. Like I've gone through periods where I've like counted and whatever, but over time you start to like intuitively just know what to do. And you get these patterns where you start to see daily results or weekly results. And you're like, oh, I'll just stick with this for a while. And I, f- I feel good. I, I'm not going to worry about it. And then it just goes into the background. And it turns into this like auto autopilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's on autopilot like that, that's kind of what I was calling like the thermal effortless zone in the, originally. Right. You know, like where you just get in this this zone. And you're like, oh, it's, this is easy, man. I could do this shit forever. Mm-hmm. And you get the momentum. Momentum is actually in dieting is like really essential to the whole thing. Um, because once it starts and you get it and you're like picking it up and you start feeling good and it's like a rock rolling down a hill mm-hmm. and then uh, the patterns are there. You ha- you know the habits. You can keep tweaking things like, oh, maybe if I I uh, don't feel enough energy when I go to the gym, if I'm not eating, you know, a few hours beforehand and just start like messing around with, with stuff. Mm-hmm oh, I'm eating too much because I'm not seeing any results over this first month. So maybe I'll just drop to uh, drop my calories down. And uh, but not, without counting, I'll just, you know, eat a bit less like oh, I'm eating two cups of rice. So I'll just eat one at this meal or something like that. It's it's, it's really simple. Um, that's what I would recommend for somebody in this situation. Mm-hmm. Find your pattern, start doing it, analyze the results. If you're going in the right direction, keep doing it. If you're not, tweak it. Yeah. I, uh, I think one thing that I had to do is just prioritize, like just prioritize my goals. Cause whenever I first got here, I wanted to be shredded, you know, especially being around like you and Zach and everybody like in good shape, you know, I wanted to be in good shape too. But then, uh, I felt like shit and I couldn't sleep through the night and I was mm-hmm. like, dang, you know, really? I just want to look good in clothes or look decent in clothes and perform well so I can ski well, you know? Yeah. And then whenever I got to that, I was like, oh, dang, I think I'll just bump my calories up to maintenance, enjoy what I'm doing, get stronger, sleep through the night consistently. Um, and whenever I started doing that, like it just became. You feel like you're committed to it, right? Yeah. It's, it's just, easy to be committed. If it's you're not, second nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting how these are all coming back to like language issues also. Mm-hmm. Funk, commitment. Commitment is almost just like maybe another situation like the funk where if you just stop believing in it and find that natural thing that puts you where you really want to be and just stop thinking in that term of like commitment because that also a lot of people use it as like a a definition of if they failed or not. 
to something. Yeah, or some um, people view it as like trapped. Like whenever they're committed, they're in this box. Ooh, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I think this is like language and mm -hmm. all the emotions and assumptions around words, which ultimately on a more cerebral level, like, again, back to you experience this world through your own eyes and your own senses and thoughts and filters and everything. And one of the filters is just language. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that most people don't think about, but like a language has all these definitions of things and you start using those words a lot, then you start to believe, or you start to frame your, um, your thinking patterns around the definitions of those words. And it's so subtle that it's hard to catch a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe in this scenario, like, you know, it sounds like this guy wants to drop some body fat. He doesn't feel committed. I think he's just stop maybe using the word committed and stop thinking like that. Um, find a natural thing. Like you're, like you're saying, like find what your real purpose is here. Stop accepting all these other ideas, especially in the fitness and health world. Mm -hmm. there, I've noticed the same thing of myself. Like, um, I used to think, I used to think like I need to get like shredded down and, and, um, do these like extreme diet periods and, uh, do that in order for anybody to like take what I'm saying seriously and, uh, whatever. So, but what I noticed is that anytime I'll get really low, like really low in body fat when I was like really trying like that, then, uh, I would have brain fog, can't think, tired as fuck, just going to bed too early, like can't do anything, I'm just useless. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if I'm useless like this, like what is the point of this? Yeah. Who cares? Um, and I've seen it with, with friends too, especially bodybuilders. Ugh, like, jeez, like bodybuilders in general are just, they, uh, the, all the people that I've experienced, are like, you know, just friends that they'll go through like a, a show phase or whatever, they don't do anything mm -hmm. else. Like that's it. And they can't do anything else because your mind just shuts down. Like that's all you're focused on. And I just see it as such a, it's, it's not like, it's probably cool for like, if you just do want to want to do one show, but a lot of people get stuck in it and then they aren't really doing anything meaningful. Um, and I understand why, because it's really hard when you don't have the energy like flowing through the body mm -hmm. to, to actually do something and have, have outward energy that you can project outward. Yeah. I think this comes back to the reference point too, like especially since we have social media and we have access to literally everything on the face of the planet, we constantly see the 99.999 percentile all the time, mm -hmm. constantly. When there are a lot of people out there that, that like you see it mostly on Instagram or YouTube or something, they're in like amazing shape, right? Mm -hmm. They're shredded up, like they look great. Um, but again, it's like this constant barrage of probably just, it's not your goal, it's theirs. Mm -hmm. um, they're more like looking at like, how can it be the ideal situation? Yeah. A lot of them are dysfunctional in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, like uh, I look at some of those pictures of like the super shredded people and you know, they'll, they'll go on to talk about um, some of the things that they experience whenever they're dieting down and some of them like won't poop for a week or something like that. And I'm like, golly, I yeah. can't imagine. I love a good poop. Oh my gosh. Hey, a clear gut is a clear mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, and you know, their hormones tank in general and mm -hmm. it's like, what's the point of this? You know, you can't hold a, 
a lot of people get really emotional too, like mood swingy mm -hmm. in those scenarios. Yeah. I don't like feeling like that. I don't either. Um, yeah, so maybe it's just down to like, what are your goals? And, and just, you know, real quick to wrap that one up, like after I stopped trying to think about like, how can I diet down and get shredded and all that, and then just went into a habit pattern that was easy and natural for me. Um, especially I'd say I was in probably the best shape of my life, like this time last year, uh, I was in this like effortless pattern and I was doing it every day. I wasn't thinking about it. That was just it. I was just feeling good, getting really strong in the gym and it was easy and mm -hmm. fun. The one thing that I noticed too, is like the more that you focus on something, the harder that it becomes to attain that. And so the more that you make it second nature and kind of forget about it, the easier it comes. And it seems like it comes a lot quicker in a lot of cases too, whenever that happens. It's probably also the idea of um, taking a future you. I like that concept. Mm -hmm. I use that a lot of like future you. So if you can clearly visualize who you want to be in as a, as a full person, not just, it, you can do it like physically, but you I, the other aspect of it is the mental aspect because you can't say it was a physique goal or something. You can't achieve that physique goal really unless, or you can't achieve it and keep it unless you mentally are ready for it, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what you would do is say, okay, I'm gonna give myself a year to like get in the best shape of my life. Give yourself a real like normal timeline that is doable. Yeah. Um, not 30 days, you know, but um, unless you're already close, you could say, all right, in a year, I'm gonna be this way. This is how I'm gonna look. It's easy to start with the visualization of, you know, appearance. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm gonna look like. If, if you can have a clear enough vision, you can hold it in your mind easily every day, uh, whether you're meditating or just, you know, just being mindful of it, hold it there. And, but then the real work comes when you have to, you have to visualize like who you are mm -hmm. as a person to be able to do that. Because clearly who you are right now is not, not it. Yeah. That you're not the person that is that person yet. Mm -hmm. So all you gotta do is visualize, this is who I'm gonna be. This is who I'm gonna be as a person to achieve that. And, and take your get best guess. I mean, sometimes it'd be kind of difficult, but it takes a little, even a little research sometimes. Ooh, um, man. Which love I that know word. You like. I love that word. Take a little research mm. and uh, not necessarily even medical research or anything. Just just like research people that have what you want. Look at the their patterns. Like observe what they how they think, how they talk, how they uh, react like react to situations. How they're uh, and how that all influences the type of goal that like, you're trying to achieve. And just start just like the future you is that is you do that stuff. Mm -hmm because you know that that's what's gonna help you get what you want. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing is that once that's clear, you can actually do that now. Like when you're really clear, you don't have to wait a year, you just start to become that, you step into that person like right now, the moment you have the clarity, and then it's inevitable, it just happens mm -hmm. if you just keep doing that. Yeah, I like it. Oh. You wanna... All right, any other ones or? Let's see. You wrap it up soon. Um, yeah, that's all the mindset questions that we got on here anyways. Okay, cool. So I think this was a, this was fun to talk about. Yeah. And you know, just a disclaimer, we might be completely wrong about all of this. Yeah. Who are we to know any of this stuff? <laughs> but you're listening to it, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it was helpful in some way. Maybe it can get you 
uh, at least a little bit further to where you want to go, a little mm-hmm. bit closer. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully you found this helpful enough to uh, leave us a good review on iTunes and <laughs> subscribe to the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, wherever you're listening or watching this. Uh, we're glad you're here. If you're not in the Thermodiet group, go check it out. Also, some big stuff happening over on thermodiet.com. So if you haven't been there recently, go. I'll see you over there. Heck yeah. It's looking pretty sweet. Looking juicy. Juicy. Yeah. yeah. Juicy like a mango. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Deuces.